0: Matt Ryan here, and folks, the countdown is on. If you want to be my boss, if you want to own a piece of the A7FL, the time is now. We are counting down until November 7th. That is right, November 7th, the day before Election Day, is the last day of our Start Engine campaign. So we want you to sign up right now. Go to startengine.com slash A7FL and sign up. Once again, that's startengine.com slash A7FL. It is time for the A7FL 3-on-1 podcast. I am your host once again for some reason. Well, because I'm adorable. That's, That's the reason why. I'm Matt Ryan, joined as always by two of my favorite people. You know him as the quarterback of the Rahway Snow Tribe. You know him as the Gray Wolf. He is Corey Hammond. He's my quarterback. And also protecting the line. And also the man who can bachata and salsa and merengue like the best of them. He's big, Rob Fabian. (laughs) Gentlemen, another week in the A7FL and another week of interesting things and interesting conversations. We're hearing a lot through the cross chatter and the the whispers going on out there on Facebook and other elements of social media. You know, my texts are blowing up every week. I know you guys are getting inundated with messages and who's going where, what's going down, why, da-da-da-da-da but we're taking we're peeling back the layers of the onion of the A7FL. We're going deeper and deeper every week. And this is the second time in podcast history that we'll have an executive on the show. And this one is the literal reason why this show exists because he's the guy who brought me to the A7FL. He is one of the it was the head of the A7FL advisory board. He is one of the co-founders of the UFC. He is someone who's done almost anything and everything in the live event and television space. If you need to sell a show to Germany, he's the guy for you. If you need someone to get into Dubuque, this is the guy for you. If you need to get to Dothan, Alabama in under 24 hours, he is the guy that you want to get on the phone. He is David Isaacs. David, welcome to the 3-on-1 podcast.
1: Hey guys, I, I I feel like you're the three and I'm the one, and this things aren't looking good for me, unfortunately. <laughs> well, well you gotta get a
2: little hus hus in your game, David. I you
1: know. know a little hus hus. Yeah,
2: I'm, I'm, I'm heading towards I, you, Matt. Sorry to tell can you.
3: Can <laughs> I, can I, yeah, well, one farm, Dave. David.
1: <laughs>
0: there it is. There it is. And you can also buy a Huss Huss t-shirt at uh, tinyurl.com. I a mean,
1: I, I, I think I pulled something in my leg when I said that, though. Uh, you know, just even saying it hurts a little bit. No, just kidding.
0: <laughs> well, David, you're, you've are you been a part of the A7FL for the last four years. I think you're heading into your fifth year with the league. Give us a little bit of background. How did you end up becoming our boss
1: uh, well, I wouldn't call myself your boss, but I'll tell you how I got involved with the league. Uh, you know, because of my UFC background, I just get a lot of the crazy stuff, uh, live event wise comes my way. And, uh, you know, I did, I mean, you know, Matt, you certainly know this. I've done, uh, live events with the walking dead. Uh, I did giant robot fighting in Japan. Uh, so different things uh, interest me and things I think I can add some value to. Uh, and somebody introduced me to, uh, to Schenner, Schenner Korkas, who's the CEO. And I met him. And, uh, you know, I, I was just like really taken with, you know, the similarities of the league to the early UFC. You know, it really had this element that I thought was, you know, take away the protective gear and, The game actually gets safer, but it's also much more awesome. (laughs) And so, um, you know, I thought that they had done, you know, on kind of a, you know, shoestring budgets had really developed the product to. And when I say product, I don't, you know, I I mean the game, like the how does it work and what play and, and gotten so many great players involved that, you know, it it needed some molding to take it to like the next level in terms of a major professional league. But I think like a lot of the heavy lifting had been done in terms of figuring out is the core, like something exciting and interesting. Um, and that's why I got involved. Cause I thought I could help, uh, guide it into that next level. Um, and I was, ex- you know, like I saw the footage and, uh, Uh, you know, I think it's as exciting as any sport I've seen. And, you know, a lot of times sports uh, that have been emerging, I think the game itself uh, needs a lot of tweaks to make it interesting for people. Um, And then they put a lot of bells and whistles around it. Um, And I think our game is the opposite. I think we've got all the stuff on the field that people really like. We've got the action. We've got the drama. Uh, You know, all we have to do is show it to people. All we have to do is tell the story. So that's what I've really been focused on.
0: And I can tell you, and I think all three of us can can talk about the passion you have for the game, uh, because every single Sunday when me, Rob, and Corey sit down in the basement of Asbury Park Stadium, uh, inside the Nerve Center that is a Seven NFL Production, uh, our fo- you, If you if you listen closely to some of the broadcasts from twenty twenty two you might hear faint buzzing noises every once in a while, and those are not mosquitoes, those are not bees, those are not flies. That is David Isaacs letting us know exactly his thoughts, and and that's the thing that I love about our working relationship, David, and the thing that I love about the atmosphere we have in the A7FL is that the people in the office, the people on the advisory board, whether it's you, Jen Welter, David Meltzer, Shenner Corcuses, and Ryan DePaul are as passionate about this game and about every aspect of what we do as the players on the field. And I think you hear that in every broadcast because of just the level of intensity in the sport. Rob, Corey, when you see that as a player, when you see the level of care, the level of passion, and the level of intensity as players, is that is that something you guys feel... Is helpful to the league knowing that the people that are on the front lines in the business sense are as passionate as the people on the front lines in the playing sense?
2: Well, I think just, you know, asking me and Rob are probably the per- perfect people to ask because we remember <laughs> as far back as most of the people involved still in the league. Now, Ryan is the number one source to go to because he's obviously. The basically, you know, creator, founder, you know, inventor, engineer, whatever you want to call it, um, and also his extensive work in, in in bringing the action on the field to the masses with the with his you know expertise in, in videography. Um, you know, me and Rob have seen the league go from you know a, a previous episode we were talking about glass in grass. To now we're talking about you know cross country hypothetical matchups, which I still am trying to pu- plug, David. So you got to get in in ears for me to get yeah. this Corey Hammond World Tour going. You know, first stop is Vegas, so that the Snow Tribe have a rematch against the Force. Derek Duncan's involved. I don't know how we get that going, but I'm still gonna you know be a, a squeaky wheel about it and rob is probably on mute right now but he's still making that noise that he's you know become famous for because i'm making <laughs> 100%. it about myself
3: 100
2: <laughs> but to answer your question david and, and matt i mean matt's question and you know basically david's involvement when when guys like david and shunner started getting involved we started noticing especially guys that were you know more on the inside we started noticing the big time things starting to happen you know the the social media presence and and the following and now what it's led to the sports center and you know all of the millions and millions of tweets and 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 likes and you know whatever happens on snapchat and instagram um, david i'm a twitter bot just so you know <laughs> um, and then also and also the way that the the footage and the broadcast has a ball from, you know, the cult following and, you know, shout outs to the original, you know, OG of commentary in the A7FL, LJ Smith. But bringing in Matt, you know, luckily I hold, you know, hold enough of my own against these, you know, with these two guys next to me doing such a great job. I think the the presentation with with Shunner and, and, and David has gone from a level where, you know, it was definitely acceptable and fun to watch. Now it feels like you're watching you know, cable produced sporting event. And the 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 evolution of the A7FL from town beef to what it is at this moment is, is unlike anything that I've ever seen in, you know, been alive to see in professional sports. Because, you know, for a while there was a, maybe a little bit of buzz about arena football, but no other, basically what I'll say, alternative sport maybe other than the UFC, which David obviously knows a lot about, um has has had this meteoric rise from basically cult following to now you know as close to mainstream as we can be you know if we're not mainstream then the fact that you know bart scott is talking about our league on get up is is at least a sign that we're we're pretty close so you know what i've seen in the evolution of this league is is that we've gone from being able to play a brand of football that we we You know, just heard from David Isaac, a a guy who knows, you know, fledgling sports leaves, say that this 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 product looks good. And we we did a lot to to make it good. Now we're we're polishing it to make it so that the masses think it's great. And I think that that's just where we are. And obviously, I think it's where we're going as well.
0: And and the one thing that I think David did immediately is give the A7FL legitimacy, with his background, with the fact that this guy created and was a part of creating an entirely new sport. Hot, you know, the idea of what is now mixed martial arts, what was known as hybrid fighting, no-holds-barred fighting, this combination of Brazilian jiu-jitsu and lute de livre, the two prominent styles of Brazil, and being able to turn it into this large spectacle. And the interesting like notes here of like David just being able to help us level up Getting Jen Welter involved, finding you know David Meltzer, like da- David is kind of the glue that has bound all these things together, and he Keep was one. Of,
1: Keep it coming. Keep he was one coming. of the people that time.
0: actually suggested Rob sit next to me and Corey in the booth. He was the first person outside DePaul. of Ryan DePaul to say. I love Big Rob. I would want. I want to. Did see I really? Big, I don't yeah. even remember
1: that. Yeah, but you it's were, probably true because I, I, I. You know, when I like it, I like it. So there
3: you go. And the other thing too, I was also heard, him. heard him. I'm stamped. I'm official. There <laughs> you <laughs> go. Oh,
0: dude, it, I'll say this right now. If anyone tried to take any one of us out of our chairs for next season. They're seeing my hands. I'ma get my ass whooped. No doubt about it. But the and and not to be egotistical, but the, you know, this is the Mutual Admiration Society podcast. Um
2: Well, Matt, I think you could take a certain mumble rapper that that we might be mentioning. <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna I'm
0: not gonna say anything about anyone who announces Fair. football. Fair. But I personally believe that We are not, we are empirically the longest running spring football league in modern football history. Secondarily,
1: I would say say we are the most successful spring football league in history, period. Um, and you know, I, I, I really think, you know, Matt, you know, we we need to be talking that up ourselves because I think people, you know, we we sort of have it like a uh, it's been under it was under the radar for a while but the truth is no league has as many players no league has existed as long as we are no league has you know really created its own lane in in professional football the way we have and you know that's credit to rob and Corey and and you know frankly you know when you talk about announcing I mean I will give you this little i I really like that our commentating is very different than, the nfl's um and so if you remember back to and this is a little controversial but i'll say it uh, you know matt will appreciate it uh you know when i hired uh mike goldberg to do the ufc broadcast you know goldie brought a very particular style and i think i like that in commentating and not everybody likes him his style but i thought it was like it, you knew what you were listening to as soon as you heard it. Mm-hmm. And same thing with the octagon, you knew what you were watching as soon as you saw the octagon. And I think that's what we have, you know, with you guys. And, you know, I love LJ by the way. I mean, I, I, I can only tell you, you know, I really do love LJ's, you know, sense of humor and a lot of the stuff he does too. I think it all fits into our, we just do things differently and we make it fun. And I think that's the most important thing that, you know, I think, uh, leagues when they get to like the majors you know they the fun uh you know i love i'm watching the yankee game right now by the way while i'm talking to you guys i you know i think these gate these leagues are fun but i think it's hard to be fun when you have you know years and years of history and you have these everybody following every move and you know we have i think we are uh, uh accessible is a word we use sometimes maybe it's a little too formal sounding but I think it sounds like we're having fun. It sounds like it's fun in the booth. It sounds like it'd be fun to watch the game. And if I, sound, you know, and I think it sounds. I mean, it looks rough, but it seems like it'd be fun to play. Um, and I think that's a big difference. You know, I think that's what sets the league apart. You know, that's why that that is why I, I think about the mixture and I think about who does what in the booth. And I like having different viewpoints and uh, you know mixing them together. And people, I, you know, and I think people get the sense you guys like each other and there's other teams that like each other. But I think it really feels like people tune in and they get just a different, you know, they get like a, a like a pro sport feel. But they also get like the Manning cast side of the fun part of understanding what's going on, but taking it as it, it ought to be fun to watch. It ought to be fun to understand what's going on. Um, and, you know, that that really shines through with you three guys. So like to be part of the mutual admiration society here, you know, it, it is part of what I think, you know, we should be doing, which is, you know, setting a tone for the league. And that tone, you know, starts when people listen and they hear you guys talking about it, you know, and, you know, they hear the huss huss. or they hear, you know, Matt screaming like he's a, you know, Mexican soccer commentator. Uh, and and I think if you ever watch Mexican soccer without the commentators, you'll see the difference. It's not nearly as fun. And I think you guys make it fun, and that's really the most important
3: part.
0: Yeah, like our enemy during the broadcast is the mute button, and it's also everything else that you can get on your phone. So it, I think that for for this generation of consumer, the a, What we do on the A7FL games of the week and take a look at our social media presence. We just had another video today. The video, uh, another Vegas Force versus Trenton BIC game, which as a, I am, it, to reveal a secret here, I'm also the person who helps run our social media in the A7FL. I have no. way too much power in this fucking league, but uh, not enough or to li- way too much, depending on who you talk to in the league and out of the league. But... When it comes to what we present, the the content is built for television. It's built for social media. It's the first real bespoke sport or alternative sports brand for, since the UFC, since the advent of MMA. And taking those elements, like having that over-the-top uh, Mexican football or even that pride level. Like, I'm a big fan of Mauro Ronaldo, who was one of the original voices of pride. He replaced Steven Quatro's, who was an OG in the MMA game. But that level of excitement, that level of intensity, being able to just feel the moment and speak to that moment and speak with people who understand this game better than almost anyone because... You said it before, Corey, you came from the glass and grass era. You guys played in the the early days of this league, and I think our job every week is to do a service to every person that has played in this league, every person who will play in this league, and the players that are currently there now because it's this never-ending evolution of what we think football should look like. And I very much prefer watching the A7 over any other football brand. And I say this as a student of football history. And this is one thing that I know pisses David off. Is that I am obsessed with the history of football. I have on my bookshelf at home a book, an assigned book, by the way. About the history of the 4-3 defense. Because I don't go out much. But... I like looking at football history and using these as access points. But for people that use TikTok, no one gives a good goddamn about the advent of the West Coast offense,
2: and I know that. But well, and guess Matt, and guess who does not have TikTok?
1: Corey Ham, your boy, boy.
2: I think we G- should start give, doing. Give t- me, give me the, give me the, the shallow mid, you know, deep you know, dive into Bill Walsh and Joe Montana and the Dwight Clark catch that my, uh, my father's from actually the Palo Alto area. He was was right there in the stadium when that happened. Uh, give me all of that. But yeah, Matt, we, we hear you on the, uh, the old TikTok generation and their, their thoughts on, uh, your guy, you know, uh, Stabler
1: and, uh, Uh you know, some of the things, well,
2: Oh, I, let and me, I, let I, me, let me, the, uh, since no, I'm, I'm a the new
1: guy, guy here, here. Let me, let me add just one piece to that that I think is like, so, you know, I think when you think about the old days of the NFL, by the way, I don't consider Kenny Staple the old days. Um, cause that shows my age. I, I think, you know, what you're talking about and what people feel that, that they had is like, it was a very authentic toughness to the league. Um, and I think that's, you know, for me in the fight business, uh, You know, an underground fight, uh, not that I'm saying I've ever been to one, but, you know, if one were to go to an underground fight, and, you know, like, seriously, in the desert, people with their cars parked in a circle, and the headlights are the, you know, for the fight, and a bunch of, you know, money and and grip in somebody's hand, and two guys fighting it out, um, you know, that toughness is what we, you know, we bottled for the UFC that what is it really you know that and i think the a7fl has that same feel you know and i think that's what i you know matt knows i i i I continuously can preach that nobody knows anything about the 1970s era of football that is watching our a7fl but what they do know (laughs) but what they do know is authenticity and i think that's what our i think that's what you uh react to matt maybe i'm wrong but I think it's that feel that like that's like when men were men, when giants roamed the earth, and like I feel like we have that. But I feel like that is what it is. You know, people see this game, and they, when we first did the UFC, it's it's not perfect perfect comparison. But like people were like, "Holy shit, who who in their right minds would do that?" I think when people see this game at first, they go, "Holy shit, who in their right minds would do that?" And then I think when they start to appreciate, they don't have to watch that long here to start to appreciate the athleticism and the talent and the fact that the guys aren't getting, you know, aren't using their heads as, as missiles. But I think it, you know, at first it has that real, and I think that authenticity, I think that story of the, of like, you got to be a really tough guy. I, I, I talked to a lot of football players about playing in our league. You know, guys who played football, played college football, played pro football. And they—they first thing many of them say is, holy crap, I wouldn't do that. Even though, even I, uh, in my, uh, you know, football career, when I was a kid, this is how we played in backyards all the time. Mm -hmm. This is what we played. And you forget you lose that, you know. But this game brings that back. And so I think it's that visceral feel that, like, is the connection between the old – and the new, at least for me, that's what it is. And I think as you become a more established professional league, it's hard to keep that. And I think that's kind of where we're trying to find ourselves right now is how do we keep that that's that not quite what did you say? Glass in the grass, but at least the <laughs> yeah, dirt under the fingernails, up. at least the 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 guys that are, you know, bleeding and uh you know for the win and doing it because they love the game. I think that's the piece, at least for me, that I find very compelling. And it is what I think of when I go back in my head. Like, people talk about that with old-time hockey. They talk about it with football. Like, when it, when that's what the sport was. Those are still tough sports. I mean, I, I, of course they are. But I think that's what people are kind of reminiscing about. It's that feeling that the toughness and the authenticity was there. And I, and I think we have that. And I think that's our that's really our secret. And that's what I think the booth brings out. You know, this is the real stuff and everybody gets that. And I think when they watch our league for even a short bit, they understand that this is like, this is real deal. And these guys are really laying it on the line and they're doing it, you know, not for a huge paycheck. Yes, there's money involved, but they're doing it because they love to play and they love to play this kind of a contact sport. And I think that's, that's what fans like. That's what I love. You know, that's what I like, you know, when you like, it definitely takes a different kind of person, you know, Corey's age, advanced age, and all that—you <laughs> know—to be out there damn. taking hit. Uh, damn, damn! Go for Sorry, it, they Corey. David, go for it. Damn. No, I'm saying, man. If I, 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 listen. I feel it, man. Every, you know, like I, I you know, it's like any of the. There's a bunch of guys out there. I, I feel the pain of those hits, and I say, like, it, it takes something, something special, and I think that's what uh, people, you know, react to, and I, and that's like, so that's anyway, Matt. It's not that I don't I you know, I am not a student of the four three and the three four and the West Coast office, but I am a fan of like authenticity. I am a fan of people thinking like this is really tough stuff and this is really guys who are digging deep and really playing with their heart. And I think that's the connection, at least for me. Yeah. And what I think is really cool
2: is is having David, especially you know, when we first found out that he was getting involved. And, you know, me and Rob just being a part of it because we love to play the, the, the parallels between UFC and a seven to me seem really, you know, really interesting to kind of expound on, because when you look at what boxing was in the, the dawn of the UFC, it really was this, you know, unbeatable entity that no one ever thought to even compete against. And when people would compete against it. It, it really ended up being a, a, a bad you know, business decision a lot of times because very many people tried to copy exactly what boxing was and reproduce it in a way that they could compete with it. But it was such an institution, it felt like you couldn't do anything to either improve upon it or maybe even be on the same level as it, right? And then UFC became what UFC is now. And if you're honest with yourself, what even is boxing at this point other than a pretty damn good hulu show mike which is about the 90s um but you know talking about the a7fl we have a league that's going up against the nfl and you know no one's gonna go and say that the nfl is not the standard in our sport no one's gonna say that it's not a powerhouse and and an institution in america but just like boxing when ufc started to make its rise i would say that the NFL is facing some some pretty serious issues maybe not at the top level because their their product on the field honestly in my opinion guys has been as good as I can remember it um other than the fact that I'm a little upset that quarterbacks are now like this endangered species that you're not allowed to breathe on I remember <laughs> and, and you know part of my influence yeah, I think in that's just
0: jealousy game. Corey
2: I think that's just well jealousy. I, my influence is when I grew up I was watching 90s quarterbacks get rocked oh yeah. have to throw a slant and it was a it was a sign of pride that you would stand in the pocket and take that hit. Now it looks like more stupidity. And like David said, at my advanced age, it might be even, you know, a little bit of uh, insanity. Well, uh, I, I just don't want quarterbacks getting
0: hit so hard that they use state funds to build uh, volleyball arenas. But that's just me. Like that's just my my take on things. I, I don't want well, guys I mean, getting you know, quarterback gray, club to death.
2: The, the current the current uh, uh, guys that are the gray haired quarterbacks, right? Um, they, they make me look like a nice guy. And when you say, <laughs> don't be an asshole, all I can say is I try that. Um, but that's just talking about, you know, that, that, that specific human that you're mentioning, Matt, yeah. that's just one of the many relatively, you know, kind of DB things. And by DB, I don't mean the position yep. in football that could go on that list uh for that human. But for, for the, for the NFL, having some of the issues that it has that are, that are, that are potentially real especially moving forward where the a7fl is bringing a a league that is more accessible to the players emotions face personalities replicating kind of that that nba style of of, of star power when we you know have Ashanti shanti worthy ready for a three-on-one everybody's on the edge of their seats like it, it's it's about to be a reggie bush punt return at usc in in, in the early 2000s but you know the the similarities are are so easy for me and I, I think obviously probably david too to see it's really exciting when you know guys like david you know women to just be completely honest one of the biggest names in our game is dr jennifer welder who is a pioneer if there is any in our league and, you know, probably the biggest the biggest, you know, celebrity name drop you can do is if, you know, if we ever get a chance to get her on the pod, wink, wink. But, um, you know, having the, the kind of credibility, but also what David talks about and I, I really love is 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 the rebellion, rebelliousness, it feels like because we're not we're not your father's football league. You know, we are the the Instagram and TikTok football league you know as 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 much as it may hurt me to say it at almost 40 with gray hair a pocket quarterback and being phased out of the league um but you know where we're going it just is even more exciting because just like the ufc you know i think we're only starting to crack uh you know the surface of what this league could be because we're getting millions and millions of views on just the one game that people are exposed to right guys (laughs) It's the fourth game has already three plays, one in which the whole team came off for a celebration and was one of the most fun plays we've seen. Then the great show of athleticism from KK and and the severed knee to to go to the full full circle back to comedy for for big mook catching a, a, a player and and the commentary have to <laughs> have that to be was like, the
0: dumb uh, Rob when if you watch that highlight on the A seven FL Instagram you hear me and Rob befuddled. Like, I was legitimately like, I was. Corey had to say it at the end. I legit thought that should have counted as an interception. Like, that we need to change that rule because if you catch another human and they have the ball, it's kind of like the airbud rule. There's no rule that says a dog can't play basketball, there's no rule that says you can't catch another human being who has possession of the ball and bring them downfield for a tutty. I feel like if the, if there was a rules committee in the A7FL and I was the head of it, and it was just me, a couple of toadies, Rob and Corey, I feel like that would be a rule. David, I want to know... I've got a couple of hot-button A7FL questions that I want to pose to you because they are hot topics on the program, and I know that they're going to get Rob mad. And, and, my, <laughs> and one of my favorite things is arguing about the future of this league with Rob because Rob is the true voice of the players in the trenches. And the and I talk about this a lot when it comes to Ryan DePaul because he's the founder of the, one of the co-founders of the league. He founded Town Beef, which is the protozoa of what is now the A7FL. The living history and just kind of the canonical soul of of the a7fl but do you think that if you catch another human being in flight and they have the ball is that an incompletion is that an interception or is that you can carry that person all the way down to the goal line and tackle them there and that is where the ball should be placed there's so many things that could happen with that how do you define that
1: (laughs) well I, i i think what you're doing is i mean you know so uh, when we, I mean, just to, I, like everything doesn't relate back to the OC, but you know, when we were doing this back in the '90s, you know, every event we saw stuff and we changed the rules before the next event. Uh, we saw this, we saw that, we saw people holding on to the fence. We changed the rule; you couldn't hold on to the fence. We we changed it. We just were learning what the sport was, and I think that's. I, and I think there's like a little bit of that left in our sport. Like, you know, like I said, when I got involved in a seven, you know, the, the sport, I think had largely been defined. I think what you're almost talking about here is like, you know, would it be more fun if you could do that? Like, do we want to encourage that or do we want to say, you know, we want to have it be very traditional football. Um, you guys may be following the stuff with the Savannah bananas. Um, now they've got this thing called banana ball. Maybe it's equivalent to, uh, the Harlem Globetrotters version of basketball. You know, I think there's this thing now, uh, you know, I'm very focused on like uh, viewing habits and thinking about like how people watch watch things and what they like. And I think you, you just start to think about what would people like? And like, it, you know, the sport isn't so precious. You know, that's what I like about when you're talking about it. It's like the sport isn't so precious that we can't think about, maybe it would be more fun, you know, if we said you could do that. And or the circumstances where you could do that and you could carry the guy back and have that be a, a, a defensive touchdown. Now, I can tell you, I sort of don't like that. I think it's not like, you know, maybe it's too far away from football, but I think the conversation is one that's like fun to have because we, we, we are in like trying to, to like thread the needle between, you know, traditional football and, you know, a new form of football and what fans and players want. And you don't have to follow any set path. You know, I think, like like I said, I'm watching the Yankee game right now. And, uh, you know, I have a lot of friends in Major League Baseball. I mean, every rule they change is like, uh, you know, oh, my gosh, what a process to change how big the base is or something, you know. And I get it. Like, this is uh, millions of people watching this and millions and millions of dollars and, you know, stadiums. And, you know, like they can't, we can think about it and we should just frame it in the, what is it we're trying to do? And what, what, you know, what, is, what do we think that's going to, you know, where are we trying to go with this? I think that for us, it's really important to keep like some elements of it that are really fun. But I also think like we need to stay close enough to what football is. You know, one of the things I like about the league uh, is that, you know, you can't just have skill position guys and, and have that be the end all be all. I think that's, you know, that ends up looking like more like arena football. Um, and I think they, you know, one of the, and I think, you know, a lot of people liked arena football. I wasn't one of them, but I think it wasn't really that much like football indoors, uh, 172 to 136, uh, you know, if that's what you, you might like, and you know, but I don't think it it's close enough to football. And I think we're right in that in between. And so, I, you know, I, I, again, I don't, just necessarily say it's good, it's bad. I think it's fun to have the discussion. It's fun to be able to have the discussion but I think part of it for us has to be like where do we want to take the sport that we're you know that we're we're creating and I'd say most of it I think is there. Uh, do I think you should be able to pick up a guy and take him down to the other end of the end I, I don't think so but you know I'm game to have a discussion about it in the context of what if we did that what if what would happen? like what would the sport start to look like and is that something that people like? Because young people, especially, I'm not considering myself in that age group, you know, I think they don't have nearly as many of these hard and fast rules as the old timers do. You know, they think of things like whether they like them or not, and whether it's cool or not. I think when you're imagining a league, you know, you can't just take every cool thing and think we're going to toss it in there because not, that's like less of a sport. But I think it's fun to be able to think about what if we did that? What would that look like? And is that something we want our league to look like? You know that, and that's the that's the conversation I think around it. Um, I don't think it's like everything isn't you know necessarily awesome or terrible uh, or we would never do it. Like I said, I hate the idea that like you move things even an inch and everybody screams. But I think it's always worth thinking about. You know, is this a change? You know, our 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 league already doesn't have kickoffs. I think if you don't have kickoffs, I, I think you don't miss kickoffs. <laughs> like I, you know what I mean. Like I go, you go. We've got our three on one. We've got that you know very spread uh, version of like what one person can do against three opposing players. I think it sort of ha- like uh, satisfies that urge for that kind of a play. It's like a punt. You know, punt return has that same thing. Uh, but I think nobody misses the kicking because uh, you know I, I hear you, Corey, a lot during the broadcast. You make you make fun of that. I mean, when, like I said, when we were kids and we played in people's backyards, nobody could kick, and we never, we didn't, we threw off all the time. That's all. Like, there was no other way to do it. So I think we've already got some stuff where we've taken it and really distilled the essence and kept some of the fun. And I think we can think about stuff like that. You know, I don't want to get too theoretical, but like that is how I look at stuff like that and try to imagine. You know, there are a lot of. You know, when I bring up rule changes. You know, there are things I like and there are things I don't like about how games have gone. And I'm really trying to figure out, like, how do we keep the essence? How do we keep what we want the sport to look like? How do we keep what fans like? But, you know, how how do we make changes when we see something and we either like it or really don't like it? And we want to see it again or we don't want to see it again. Sorry, that was a long answer. A lot of wind, a lot of, a lot of. It
0: was it was a, a, of, it was a thorough talking. answer, but not a, bad a lot of answer. talking
1: there, man. Sorry, but you know uh, I, how you dare that's...
0: you talk on a podcast, you fucking piece of shit! You how dare <laughs> I you?
1: I know, cut well, me well, off, man. David, I need one of those buttons. David,
2: <laughs> David, we have fans that that deal with me, and Rob yeah. knows more than anybody. So I think I think we're all either a that you is do true, it, or you B talk I've. I've primed it so that you talk for 20 minutes, that's usually 10 less than me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there are long slots of time Matt. where me and Rob can actually get a game of Madden in between us during one of Corey's soliloquies. Um, okay. But okay. Uh, when you, I, I lost my train of thought for a second because I was just, just going to go into full Corey Hammond mode and bloviate, but.
2: Well, what I was going to say, Matt, before, and give you a second to think about it, if we count the big Luke interceptions as an interception and he scores a touchdown with a guy in his hands, is it a penalty to spike the person?
3: <laughs> I think so. I, I think yeah, that I, I, I th- think we're in video game territory there, and that's where we should probably draw the line. Spiking a human being is insane. <laughs>
2: um, we all witnessed some video game stuff that day. And the most video game thing I think we could ever actually talk about, and one of the reasons why I think the A7FL is the league to watch, is when you watch a game, even when it's not necessarily a, a, a classic, like some of the ones that we might be rewinding in the near future, um, even if it's a game like the, the BIC Force game ended up being, you're going to see something that you've never seen in football before. As long as I've watched football, you know, 11-on-11, 11 11, flag, Arena, Pop Warner. I don't think I've ever seen uh, a man catch a ball and then a, a man catch the man that caught the ball. And the fact that it just happened the way that it did organically <laughs> on it was the live be- broadcast. It was like
0: watching a, f- a, f- a 6 4 three, double play. It just felt so routine because it just kind of happened.
2: Well, and- the man who, who caught him is also named Big Mook. So, yeah. I mean... There, there was a lot going on in that play, and it's all perfect. But to David's point, I think we shouldn't necessarily say that that's an interception. But we also have to th- think that this is the type of league that welcomes plays of that nature because, you know, it, it almost likens. I, I recently on Netflix, I watched the uh, the Untold about the N One mixtape tour. Oh, I and watched
1: that too. That was great. Huh? It
2: was a great. It, it was great. And then some of the the, the parallels with the way that street basketball and the way our league is more of a street football, it captures the audience's imagination in a different way than the NFL. You know, the NFL is for us to to root for colors and jerseys that always make us cry.
0: Hey there, it's Matt Ryan. Are you enjoying this A7FL podcast? Well, I'm glad you are, because that means you can give us money. That's right. You can buy our merch right now at tinyurl.com Slash A7FL merch. That's tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. Up there right now, we have some thick boy season merchandise. We've got some Hus hush shirts. And also, we've got some cory Hammond related merchandise coming soon. A Corey Hammond, Corey Hammond's t shirt, hoodie, and a whole lot more. You can get all of them right now sent to you, nice, comfy, and cozy at tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. And also, you can find it in the show notes. Now back to that podcast you like,
2: especially if you're in this, you know, New, New York, New Jersey area. Although, hey man, we must be in a bizarre world because the Jets somehow found a way to win, and that that's maybe because of how bad the Browns are as an organization up top, and the Giants are two and zero. But anyway, uh, the A seven FL has that 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 home style cooking feel, but when you watch BIC play, there's so many big time athletes and different ways, whether it's Terry Codrington with the dual threat nature and, you know, Virardi, which is just a, you know, a, a crazy insane animal, it, you know, locked into the the frame of, a, a you know, a, a compact beast of a DN. Or even guys like Big Mook or even Kenny Stansbury, it, you know, A7FL, even just that one roster, BIC, that ended up winning it all. You have technical athletes that are that are expert level route runners like KK, despite what my guy rob fabian might jump on here and say case <laughs> on campbell runs great routes um yes he maybe should catch a little bit more of some of the drops that he has but tech the technical skill of kk on those route running it, it makes me want to continue to recruit him you already know Ugh. or we can go into the complete opposite oh, wow. level of how there's guys watching at home that maybe our, our, fringe football fans, but see Kenny Stansberry run onto the field to argue a call with, with, a, with a, with a, a Lucy uh, underneath his ear. And, and, the, you know, just the, just the, the visceral, you know, just home style football feel to that it, it, it touches all the different bases. that I think, you know, as a, as a, as a growing fledgling league, we're primed for some, some fun times ahead. Hopefully
0: and i think that and I, and rob i want your opinion on this because the idea of coaches in this league has been a hot button issue on this show and the source of many an argument but i feel like at the heart of the league you need the big personalities you need that kenny stansberry with the lucy in his ear you need those like unifying and defying you know defining characters for each team because you see that in the NFL and you have you have those personalities being a Jerry Jones or, you know, these different owners or different coaches and general managers. I think the A7FL has its own versions of that. And I, and I hearken back to the old 70s style of football because that's when the personalities in the league really thrived or leading up into the 1980s and early 1990s where individualism or the idea of this group entity with this personality and it's not antiseptic because I watch a lot of other spring football and I've watched spring football from 2020 until now and it all feels like they're cosplaying the NFL. And And if that's your business model, if that's how you see football, Gason Begora, you know, like may God God be with you. But for me if I want to watch something that wants to resemble the NFL, I will watch the NFL because that's where my I'm connected to that style of football because I was indoctrinated with it as a child. And it is the highest level of that version of football. The A7FL is better than every other spring league aside from the fact that we've survived for nearly a decade, which no other spring football league has done. No matter how well funded, no matter what television contracts? They've all failed, and the new versions of those leagues are not learning the good lessons in whether it's bandit ball and having these personalities and having, you know, this larger than life sports entertainment atmosphere, which really helped bring in viewers. They just want it to be generic ass football. And I think that the thing that will serve the A7FL in the long run as we continue to grow and expand is that we exist for the personalities. The, the things that we're able to do in this league, the reason why we have one game with three highlights that have over a million views with no money behind it, literally, it's me posting them in my apartment with the great work of Jared Wright on most of them. He, Jared Wright's an unsung hero in this league, and I will say his name almost every week because he deserves it. But, Rob, I will agree with you on this. I don't want to see a Tom Landry in a hat and coat walking
1: up and down the sidelines. Wait a minute. Did Rob even say anything? Because I heard Corey. No, then no. This is hero. a running argument that we Rob. have on the show. He's here. <laughs> this is just the running. Rob is
3: here, oh, and you're oh, just oh, saying. Oh, I'm definitely
1: but... It's
0: you need you need those person you need an Al Davis on the sideline. You need a larger than life personality that can shape the philosophy of a team and of an ide- and build that identity because that's the thing that are gonna that's gonna sustain over time. Kenny Stansbury right. and Ryan Shamar have defined have no, I, def-
3: I, I think I agree with what what I what I was getting at when I was hearing coaching as a person who's won championships in this league, I've lost every game in the season. I've won every game in the season. I lost in the championship. I won a championship, won playoff games, lost them. So I've been there. What, what was getting to me was the idea that there's one person, like an NFL style coach, that's controlling every aspect of the game. And that bothered me because I'm like, man, there's certain adjustments that we made. You can ask Corey Price, CP3. There's certain adjustments I made to Corey at the line. I mean, I mean, in the middle of the action, like I turn around, I give him a head nod because it's something I said before. The guy I'm blocking over-pursues Corey takes it to six. Things like that, a coach can't tell you on the sideline because he doesn't feel the game. But I'm definitely 1,000% throwing my hat in for a guy like Kenny Stansberry, or guys like Carl, or even guys like Marcus Cole, the guys that have these names and these personalities where, you know, Corey might call them mascots, I I guess. And even in that aspect, like, those guys are shining. But the idea of them having solo, full control of every aspect of the game where the players aren't allowed to think for themselves, that's what I'm kind of against. So if it's a coaching aspect of a personality, of people, you know, a guy like Stansberry who is a personality. It's big laughs. If Stansberry wasn't in the championship, VIC would have lost because you need that figure that can, you know, bring those guys in. And I'm 100% there for that because that's always been what this league was about. But the paper clip, the hat, the jacket, walking up and down the sidelines, pointing fingers and saying what this guy should do and what that guy should do. I'm kind of like, all the way against that.
2: Well, and Rob, you might remember what BIC did. Uh, it, it was about four years ago. They had, you you remember Justin Mandero, uh, Peckin, right? Yeah, I do. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, I do. And, and that's what he was trying to do because it. I want to give a shout out to Peckin because he actually brought me into this league on his team, which was called SBF. And for those South Park fans, it, it, the name of the team was Super. Best friends, the superhero group that is based on all of the religious icons. Um, anyway, uh, that's the kind of guy who Peckin was, and he always wanted to be the star of the show at the tight end position, and he would catch the two yard pass.
3: And, and then start screaming in somebody's face. That That's the personality I think Matt's talking about. And, and then Peckin he wasn't right. a clipboard so, guy. And that's what
2: I'm saying. So, so the, the, the personality on the sideline, when you're really not bringing anything and you're trying to make it about yourself, what I think Rob refers to when, he, when we talk about like the, the structured coach, um, you know, hierarchy that I think Vegas has adopted with their inexperience, which I think is helpful to them. But, you know, for a team like BIC in 2016, you know, that's a team full of veterans, guys who kn- would know better than, you know, and no offense to Peckin, but guys that would know better than a guy on the sideline wearing a suit, trying to get the attention by, you know, but <laughs> at the same time, right, right, Rob, you were talking about this year's BIC team. And one of the things we could say about this year's BIC team is that they were young, right? Yeah, right, right. Yeah. So, so a younger team reacted to guys like obviously Ken Stansbury we talk about all the time, but Ken Stansbury would be the first person to to mention John Soltis as one of those voices that is helping, you know, mold the young guys to understand the nuances of this, this league because but of his experience.
3: That's different from what we're talking about. We're talking about a veteran player helping rookies or or newer players acclimate to the league versus Exactly. A guy so who's so it like it seemed like them you gonna That's those like guys wouldn't have respected me. Those guys wouldn't have respected me if I didn't kick their ass in 2021. I have the respect of every player on that BIC squad because I was part of a team that beat them. Now, I mean they fall crazy to me now because they're champs, congratulations again BIC. But if I was just in the booth and they never seen me touch that field, they didn't feel what it was like to get blocked by me or take a hit or, or swim move me or anything like that. My credibility is kind of zero, and what advice can I give a bunch of a bunch of younger guys who don't really trust someone unless they feel like that person's kind of been through what they've been through? So, an outsider coming in to fully coach is a little weary to me because they're going to come in with the idea of what the, they think the A seven is, but an insider, a guy who's played before, coming into coach that doesn't that. I, that's what's been going on forever. So I'm not against that whatsoever. I just think it's harder. You'll, you'll get a coach that's going to that's tell you a toss or sweeps work because they work in the seven-on-seven league he's played. This is not this is not slide. This is not regular two-hand touch, rough touch. This, this is full contact. So you can't think that a sweep's going to work because your, your receiver is going to block a six-foot-one corner. That, that's not going to happen. It just doesn't work that way in this league. But if you coming in with that mindset from whatever playbook you like or whatever you think works, it doesn't work. You heard you heard um, Steph Chambers last week. After after they played, he saw that those streaks, those tosses, those those outside plays didn't work. But that's what their playbook was about because that's what their football is about. But that's not what the A seven is. A seven is a lot of throws, a lot of inside runs, and a lot of shifty guys getting busy back there. So. It's just harder for me to picture, and until it does happen, maybe it could happen, who, who knows, but to picture an outside coach with no actual A7 experience, and that sounds crazy to say, but it's the truth, with no A7 experience coaching a team to a championship, listen, I will be the first on the on the announcement team to, to bite it if that happens. I will stand up before it even happens to say, guys, I was wrong. But until then... You know, I'm just waiting. I just don't think it would work. Uh,
0: David, where do you fall on this? Because you've witnessed the evolution of one sport going from multiple styles, multiple types of disciplines, um, you know, Art Jimerson's one glove, uh, Taylor Tooley walking in there in in what was essentially a sarong, um, to now where everyone in the UFC have similar fight kits, if you don't know BJJ, when you walk into the octagon, you're highly fucked. Um, you've witnessed that evolution in mixed martial arts and in the UFC. Where do you see that going or what? Do, what's your take on it as someone who works in the A7FL and but someone who's not in the trenches week to week like Robert Corey?
1: Well, I mean, uh, I would say this. Um... You know, the the beginning of the UFC was a little more uh, and one like to use Corey's example. You know, we had a lot of guys coming from lots of different styles. They were doing their own things. They trained different ways and they got in the octagon. And, you know, we were often surprised at what happened. Um, and that was the fun of that early stuff. Um, I think as the sport evolved and people started to understand more and more about what worked and what training it took to get good at the things that worked. Um, All the things that we did, uh, you know, evolved along with what was happening in the octagon, including the coaching. So uh, Rob, I hear what you're saying. And I think we're going to find out, like we'll probably get a team that comes in. They'll probably have some uh, college coach. We'll have a team that has uh, no coaches. We'll have, and we'll start to see, you know, what different teams try to get the players to play their best on the field. And, you know, it may be that somebody like you won't play for a team that has a certain type of coach, and that that's probably part of the deal. You know, I think that's – we just don't know how that's going to play out yet. Uh, but I would say, um, you know, one of the things that I think you're pointing out that I think is, is, is really important about our league um, is, you know, we brought in five new division owners last year three of those division owners were African-Americans and one was Latino. We know a lot of our players are, are African-American. We got a bunch of Latinos. I mean, I think one of the things that opens up for us with what you're saying, Rob is coaches who come from those groups, you know, who've been in those trenches. Doesn't mean that's the only one. I'm just saying, you know, if you look at us versus uh, what, you know, some of the issues that the NFL has had, I think we're sort of set up to be a league where we can generate coaches from our players, and I think those coaches will know this game. You know, you guys are already—I mean, if you're playing in our league and you're a, a 30 years old, I mean, you've been playing football for 20 years. I mean, you know, you know, you know a lot about this game, and I think we'll see that opportunity arise. And I—I I mean, I think we'll be surprised by what happens. You know, I—I I, I look at Deion Sanders and what he's done at Jackson State. And I mean, you know, friggin' Dion is a, is like a miracle. I mean, he really is. And you know, remember, he was a he was a greatest athlete. Uh, you know, one of the greatest athletes of the century. Um, and 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 by his combination of his having done the things that he did, but also his personality and his style, you know, he's turned around not just Jackson State, but um, you know, really given life to football teams in at all the, at the HBCUs. And and I don't know what we'll find. I don't think we're going to get it. I don't think Tom Landry's coming back anytime soon. And I don't think he's coming back in our league, uh, but I don't know what we'll find. You know, I think we'll get big personalities and, so, and, I, and we'll see whether some teams won't have coaches at all. You know, I think there's a reason some guys play in this league and it has to do with not wanting to have coaches and maybe that'll be a team or maybe most of the teams, or maybe all the teams we'll find out. There may be a team that comes along and they've got a coach and they're happy to have somebody figure out where everybody should play, diagram the things, see what the tendencies are. And I think at the end of the day, you know, um, uh, a fighter said this to me once. uh, We're talking about his training and coaching and he was talking about the octagon. He said, you know, when that gate closes, I'm the only one in there. And uh, I think it's true, too, when you play, Rob. I mean, I think didn't only goes so far. You know, that system of the Dallas Cowboys, uh, you know, was effective in its way. But uh, there's a book by Peter Gent called North Dallas 40. There's an old movie. Uh, Nick Nolte was in it. Um, and it was really talking about how that system, you know, wasn't designed for certain kinds of players and chewed up and spit them out. And, you know, eventually I think people realized that, um, really over the top controlling systems for adults. Controlling systems for adults are probably not the way most of those adults want to be treated. At the same time, you know, you look at the, you look at successful teams. I think they have coaches that see things that have experience. You know, you look at Jen Welter. You know, you see coaches coming from all kinds of different backgrounds, bringing all kinds of skills, and, and I and I think it's, they can surprise you with what they know and what they see. It doesn't mean you you know they're stepping in there and playing when you're supposed to be playing, and it maybe it'll be that won't we'll work in this league. That may that may well be the case, but I'd I'd be surprised. I think what will happen is we'll see different kinds of coaches, and we'll see who wants to play for, them. and we'll see how they want to play. And, and that'll determine whether, you know, what, what kind of coaches we have, whether we have coaches at all. And I think the more we have coaches that come from our players' rosters, the better. I think that'll be good for everybody.
2: And well, I-, I think what's, inter- what it, what's interesting when we have this conversation with Rob, and I'm sorry, Matt, just, oh, you know, un- unfortunately it's probably going to be another 20-minute note. Sure. Um, but what I think Rob's coming from in the frame of references he's coming from is maybe even his experience when he was on teams and he knew that there were no better minds to discuss what needed to be done than the guys in the huddle on the field. But I also think that as this league starts to evolve, Rob would be the first person to tell you that one of his, you know, running mates on that early BIC team, Anthony Richardson, Ant Live. Right now, he's one of the main drivers and and vocal leaders, in essence, a coach type for the Snow Tribe. And I just saw him in action this weekend. So, I mean, it's starting to move, I think. And what Rob is more referring to is is where the league kind of was and maybe, you know, is right at this exact moment for teams like the U or, for instance, Rare Breed. Um, But. For teams like BIC that already kind of, you know, had some roster turnover from their championship run. One of the things you saw that that helped elevate some of those young players was the the experienced older statesman kind of giving them. The way to go. We don't even talk about the offensive side of the ball because Sterry does deserve a lot of the credit for the way oh, that that for offense sure, runs. For sure, sure. Yeah, not but, I don't want
3: to take. Yeah, let's be clear. I don't want right. to take away anything from Sterry's mind because that's one of the best but, minds in football period right now.
2: But some some of those little nuanced things, you know, Tom Mascaro, uh, a long time you know, guy in this league, which, you know, some of the best coaches, and this isn't a slight against Tom, some of the best coaches are are good coaches because they figured out a way to play with, you know, skill levels equivalent to my own, right? Uh, you know, and, and Tom Mascaro might end up being in the the litany of the A7FL, a little bit less memorable, but he did play offensive line, but he knows how to play the game because he had to figure it out based on, you know, technique, fundamentals, scheme, right? Uh, so when he's coming in the, the the way that he's coming at the game is all right this is how a play should work in this setup this is how it should work in, in its design and then what Sterry can do is either make the adjustments at the line which you see him do all the time or he has the athleticism to turn that you know play that has one little tweak that isn't working and ad lib into something special so you know the the coaching conversation i think is really what david said the more people that kind of elevate their understanding of this league based on experience and success you know creates the pool of coaches that you know guys in columbus the, the brand new division for next year guys in boston might really value and if you gotta if you already look at the way that the new jersey teams are run other than the U which Rob, you even go into saying what Ryan Shamar does for that team and and the way that he brings a kind of perspective that helps out even the great minds and all the experienced players on the U roster. But look at the snow tribe, look at the Hawks who have been a a, a player and, uh, you know, manager player run team for the longest time now we can talk more specifically about them. If we really wanted to get into uh, a funnier conversation, I think, you know, Rob would love to jump in, but, you know, talking about in general, I think where a seven was is exactly what Rob was talking about. I think where a seven FL is going is the guys that Rob knows that Rob was in huddles with are those next get version of the coaches that are going to help the guys that don't really understand the Seth Chambers, the the Vegas force, you know, some of the nuances that that a guy with knowledge could just immediately correct and, and raise the level of com- competitive, uh, you know, balance in the league across the board, you know, that's going to be valuable as this league continues to grow. So, although yeah, Rob I, is one hundred percent
3: right, I give you one perspective. I give you one perspective, right? Imagine if, and I'm just going to pull a random great player out of the hat. Right? Let's let's take Patrick Colbert, right? Imagine if Patrick Coburn goes to Florida to coach Tampa. Do you think Tampa loses to Rare Breed the way they do? No, I don't think so. Not in the least. I least. don't think so. because
2: Absolutely that, not, because if there was, if there was a, a level-headed guy in charge of making sure that that game was won, then it wouldn't have been up to the guys that were trying to dance and have fun exactly. and, and had the score. Exactly. It would have been a win. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. I'm not
3: saying let's have the wild, wild west. I'm actually in agreement with a lot of the stuff that David said. I actually agree with what Matt and what you're saying. And I I do feel like it's going to be player coaches. There is space and there will always be space for coach coaches like that have never played in the league. that probably watched it and feel like they want to take a shot at it. I always think there's space for that. I'm not against it either. I just – I just – I'm waiting for them to have that success – so then I could change my tune because until then I just feel like a player coach, a former player turned coach, whether the player was bad or good, a former player turn coach is going to have a lot of success. It, it, that's, isn't that the NBA's like motif? Like a lot of those coaches are form, former players, mm-hmm. former championship players. So it's like, and then those guys won championships as players to so then turn around as coaches and are not winning championships as coaches. Like, I, I used to make Joseph Steve Curry. He, he, how many championships has he just won? You get what I'm saying? So, it's like, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that because I think that's the most exciting thing. At least if we do put coaches on, even the assistant coach at least, give give these brand-new coaches an assistant coach that knows the league. You know what I'm saying? Like, we have enough players and enough vets for that. And You know, it's going to eventually get to that point. And that's, that's all I'm really pushing for. And, and I would just say, Rob, I think you're going to see
1: like, uh, you know, a Darwinian, like, you're going to see some of all of this. You're going to see some of all of it. And, uh, and then everybody's going to get, you know, one thing and figure, Oh my gosh, that's the way you do it. That's the way we're going to win. If we do this and then somebody's going to do it totally differently. And then uh, people are going to say, Oh my gosh, we got to do that. So I think they are going to be some players you know, some players play in this league because working in somebody else's system was just not for them, right? Like that was just not the way they were going to do it, not the way they could do it, not successfully. And, that, you know, that this has been the league for those guys. I think it'll continue to be the league for those guys. But I think it may be that we'll see all kinds of different things. And that's, that's uh, you know, that's the evolution of it. But that's, we'll find out, you know, and I know it's, I mean, I think it's interesting too, you know, for me, like, finally, we saw some competition this year for uh, BIC and the U, um, you know, and and it's kind of getting, you know, and I think it's taken, I mean, uh, for me, since I started working in this, to get anyone that even could come close to come, you know, to really putting together all the different pieces and the depth. And I think it took you know, now that we see now that everybody sees the kind of the, the level you have to be at and understands all the pieces you have to have uh, different divisions run differently, but certainly we can see it out in Vegas, um, how he's putting together teams very carefully thinking about what he needs to do to, you know, have those teams compete at the highest level. I think we're just going to keep seeing, you know, different things, different looks and, you know, we'll find out whether it's the, the best player in the league who turns into the best coach, whether it's a bench player who was watching everything and trying to make the best of their abilities, or whether it's somebody that comes in or whether it's no coach at all. I mean, it's just, we're just going to find out. And I think that's the that's what's still cool about this league, is that we don't know yet. And, you know, different teams maybe run completely differently. I would love it if we had a, like a, like teams that had full coaching staffs and we had teams that were competitive, maybe better that had no staff at all they were doing it all themselves i think that would be great and i think that would be part of the fun of the league is to be te- you know have guys that are doing it their way cuz i think that's that's where we still have some room and i think that is what you're talking about rob maybe i maybe i'm simplifying it too much but you know where guys get to play the way they want to play um, but they you know at, at the end everybody here wants to win and i think people are going to do what it takes to win you know in terms of on the field but i think they're also going to do what it takes to win off the field and uh like i you know i i've seen it before in other uh, businesses you know you can't just take someone who is like uh used to coaching uh you know an NFL team and bring them to the a7fl they'll be you know i just don't think they'll be a successful coach at all they won't understand the, the league they, they'll expect a uh, 20 assistants they'll think the guys are working on it every day. They won't understand that, you know, they just, like, I think that there's a truth to that. I think that's what Rob is, is imagining, but I think there's also just a, you know, having, having a cool head, having somebody who is able to, you know, uh, uh, choose different things, but, you know, you know, they're competing voices and, you know, maybe, maybe has some authority uh, might be good for some teams. We'll find out. And if it works, it'll work. And if it doesn't work, you know, we'll, people will try something else. That's, you, that's... Can have, you
2: can have a guy run onto the sideline with a cigarette in his ear. You know what I'm
1: saying? That's, that's... <laughs> if that works, you know what I mean. I think people like you know, like I again, I bring up they... Dion. I bring up Dion, man. That guy changed everything. And I, I, don't think a lot of people. I think he surprised people by what he, what his, not just his force of personality, but like how much he knows and care about football. How much he cares about what he's doing. I think he just changed everybody's. ex You know that one person. He's an extraordinary athlete too. But I think the reason, and and that is why he was already a celebrity. But it was the it was all the stuff he's done outside of football, outside of his own career in football, that had prepared him for this. So I, I think we don't know. You know we don't know who's going to be our who's going to be our guy that takes a team. You know that's why you know Tom Landry had this thing back in the day because everyone was like oh my gosh or you know, whether it's a coach at Alabama, or, you know, everybody says, Oh, my gosh, this system is what may, is what makes them so good. But the system, everybody only thinks that when the system is winning. And as soon as the system doesn't win, everybody turns and says that system was too, too constrictive too too many, too many bosses, too many orders, too many follow the rules, not enough freedom, couldn't call my own plays, all that kind of stuff. So you know, it, it'll develop but like, like I said, we'll find teams. There'll be some guys who like having coaches. There'll be some guys who like having players. There'll be some guys who don't want to be coached at all. We'll, we'll see. And we'll see David, who, who turns out the best teams.
2: You know, D- David, what was your favorite game of the 2022 season as a fan watching? Uh,
1: you know, I, I have to say, you know, I go in. I, I last two years, I really have just been uh, pumped up for the championship. And the championship has been, you know, for me – not, you know, oftentimes those games, like especially if you're like an NFL fan, like the Super Bowl can be a letdown. But I feel like for us, it's like built up to be and, and, and lives up to it in the sense of, uh you know, a back and forth battle. And this year I think was kind of a, you know, the, like a change into the guard that we wanted to see. I mean, when I see those games, yeah, you guys know, I, I probably talked about it before, but I, I had a viewing party out here in Los Angeles uh, we had it. I have this company, WeView, and we have a location at LA Live. So I had this big screen, this 130-inch video wall, and I had a bunch of people watching that game. And I mean, it really is like you see the, you see the athleticism, you see those two teams, and there are other teams. I don't mean to exclude other teams, but I, I just think like when you see those teams square up, you, you know, you can't deny how good our league is, how good our players are. You know, I think that's what's awesome about it for me. And, you know, uh, I think that, like, if I had one thing I would like to, you know, the league, to, you know, for us to grow, I think it's, and I think we're headed there. It's, you can, like, you guys are all talking about all these moves, right? And, you know, all the all the trades, all the free agents, all the things that are going on. I love it because I think we're seeing teams understand what, what level they have to get to and, and how, how, what kind of a roster you have to have. To really be a top team, and I, I really think we need to have those kinds of teams where, just like And One or just like Rucker, where you, you know, you see those street ball guys and you think to yourself, "Holy shit, these guys are awesome." You don't think, "Oh, I see why that guy wasn't in the NBA." You say, "Holy shit!" And I think when people watch those games, they say, "Holy shit!" Um, and that's what—that's why I like those games because it really demonstrates just how good. Um, our our league can be. Um, and there are other good games. And, you know, there's a bunch of games I enjoy. But, like, I think for us, like, it's a showcase. And that's, that. that for me, that's a lot of fun. I really enjoyed watching that stuff at that level.
0: I honestly what, thought he was going to say your... BSE Snow Tribe. I, I thought he was going to say it. <laughs> I thought he was going to say it. That was that was a suck to call a call a up
1: suck-up <laughs> answer. I don't know. I don't know. You know? I root well, for that, Corey that's... every time I see his, him, him out there. You know, I always like to see that. The ball fluttering in the wind, you know all that. No, <laughs> just teasing, Corey. Um, no, no I, right. you know, listen, I, I, remember, I do,
2: I do like. To I remember, see, uh, I remember it? one time David uh, texted me after a loss, and and like like a lot of the conversation about my career in the A7FL, the tone of the text was, "Man, you played a tough game. Man, you're so tough," which I really love as a uh, compliment. But in all of those conversations, and Rob can attest to this. Very rarely is the 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 level of my skill the the exact thing being praised. So I know what it is. I got it. I'm I'm working out. David plays <laughs> the podcast. He knows he knows I'm down to two fifteen. Um, I just had uh, I just had a little bit of spaghetti and meatballs, but uh, you know, I might be two sixteen, but you know, we'll get back down tomorrow.
1: You know, and and actually, you know, again, just to keep like you know, it's fun to tease you because you have a good sense of humor about it. But, you know, you're much more of a traditional style quarterback, drop back. And I think, again, people will say, oh, you know, you got to have this triple threat style quarterback who can run. I I think people will think that until you win the championship, and then they'll say, oh, man, maybe we were wrong all along. Corey was right.
2: right?" You already know.
1: You hear that, Rob? Exactly. I think that's that's what I'm saying. I think people imagine when they see the guys right at the top, they think, oh, that's the way it has to be. You got to have this, this, and this, and then you'll win the championship until somebody wins it a different way. Until somebody wins it with a just all-power running, right? Maybe if, maybe that's happened before I got involved. somebody a title
0: involved. with all-power running in the league, I think Rob might have a stroke. <laughs> but I think that's... In a good the, way, in a good yes, way. Yes, th- I think the next three seasons are going to be the real acid test for what works now in the A7FL. Because we have nine different divisions heading in the next season. And within that, we're seeing a litany of different philosophies. Vegas is different from Florida, which is different from Cincinnati. We're getting all of these different styles of football. And I liken it more so to college football than the NFL in the terms of just philosophy. Because you're seeing in New Jersey and Maryland a very different style of football than you're seeing in Florida than you're seeing in Cincinnati and Kentucky or what we'll, we don't know what we're going to see out of Columbus and Boston those are going to be real interesting questions and real outliers we there's talent in those towns Columbus is the home of Ohio State Boston's got a really strong you know New England if you go to Connecticut or within Massachusetts There's a lot of great football history there and also just a lot of great prep schools and a lot of great high schools. Look at the talent that's come out of Connecticut in regards to football over the last 10, 15 years. It's a lot of great talent to pull from, but then you see what they do in LA as opposed to what they do in Nevada. I think that we're going to see the player movement of different athletes going around the country. We're seeing Corey Price going to Baltimore. We're seeing... Different players cross-pollinate. I know for a fact that certain divisions are looking to get some of the best young talent from different parts of the A7FL and bring them to their division because they know over the long haul their opinion is the hybrid style of what you're seeing in New Jersey and Maryland, that institutional memory, Paired with some of the pure athleticism that you see across these newer divisions.
1: Yes, Judge just hit his 60th home run. Congrats. So you think baseball's gone. Let me just say, I, I just I have to break in here with this. Again, you never know what's gonna happen. You know, you never know. Mm-hmm. And I think you're you know, I, I think you're speaking to that, Matt, which is things change very quickly. Things are you get know, a parody in the league. And, and something like I completely unexpected happens and can change the whole complexion of what people think is going to be a winning team in this league i think the difference now is there are a lot of people that are trying to win right yeah. a lot more people
2: I, and, and when you're in a and when you're in a contract year it doesn't it doesn't hurt to no.
1: uh, put up some numbers
0: let's go mets
2: um but... <laughs> and and the, all of us in the a7fl are all in, in basically what would what we could assume is is it is the giant contract year year after year so we're we're the Aaron judges of the NFL world in, in that we're trying to get paid. Let's go with that rocket fuel.
0: Yeah, and I think that as more people see the vision, I think the the perception of the A7FL between now and the end of the 2022 season and the start of the 2023 season is going to be vastly different. I think that the spotlight and the scrutiny, in a good way, will be more present um, I can speak to the fact that I know more people are going to be able to watch the A7FL between now and the start of the 2023 season than they've ever had before. The access and the touch points to the level of accessibility, which has been a, a, a hindrance in the league in terms of just large-scale accessibility. Uh, there's more touch points now than ever before. I think that what we're going to do with A7FL Rewind, our show that's launching next month, and shout out to our friends at the McGinley Square Pub in Jersey City who have offered to give us a home. We're going to work out some of those details, and next week on the show we'll announce the first game and the debut episode of A7FL Rewind, which means all three of us after the show are going to have a very interesting text conversation about what game we'll be watching first, On A7FL Rewind, that will be coming to you live on the A7FL YouTube channel and across all A7FL digital and social media starting next month. But, David, before we go and before we let you go watch uh, the Yankees, uh, who poor door people at the ballpark, um, yet once again, let's go Mets. What do you think will be the three things that stand out for the A7FL in 2023?
1: well uh you know I think we're talking about some of them here. so one is uh I think we're gonna have more teams competing at the let's say the highest tier right I think that's important for us. I think we're gonna have you know you know a more consistent high you know upper tier and I think that's going to drive the rest of the league um to be better as well. Um, and I think that's important for us. Um, second, I think you know again, we've been, uh, improving, you know, Corey, uh, referred to it, uh, earlier, um, our production, um, and the things we do. Um, I think that's, uh, that's another piece of this puzzle. Um, I think where we continue to invest in, you know, what people see. And I think it's, it's a balance too. I think we need to still have that authenticity, that grittiness, um, you know, I, and I think we can. I think we, we all kind of know where, where we want to take things, um, and especially, um, and, and and then I, I think there's another like the third one I think is actually the most important, and there's lots of different ways to do it, um, and it's it's it, you guys are doing it here, um, but I think there's 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 lots of things we need. To, you know, it's really telling the stories of the players because uh, you know I think at the end of the day this league is built on players. Um, and uh, you know, the guys, you guys included, uh, Corey and Rob, sorry, Matt, but, um, you know, you guys who built the league and, you know, I think, I, I think we, we, we need to tell people what, you know, who, who are these guys that play this crazy game and then go and work their regular jobs <laughs> without any expectation of riches. Um, and I think we have so many interesting things and I think those stories associated with the players at the, the talent level is what's really gonna you know propel this league to the next level and uh you know i'm working on some things to help us uh showcase the players uh, not just i mean production but i mean uh different ways we can we can do that and i think that's that's i think again what people when they when they watch sports today versus you know it's it's really about the athletes it's really about connecting with them much more than you know i think if you think about traditional um maybe nfl or like leagues like uh, you know that team You know, people are fans of the team and then it goes down to the player and i think you know young folks especially are fans of the player first and then maybe the team and i think we we are going to tell the story and keep getting it out about who our players are and i think we're just going to connect those highlights to players names and players stories and and that's really going to help us and help fans really connect with us. So I think that's going to be a huge thing for uh, 2023 and beyond.
2: I didn't hear hovercraft in there, and I'm kind of annoyed. But <laughs> I, I'm, if you heard the if you heard the subtext, Matt, I think he did like like subliminally say solid gold, gold boat.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm you know it is you talk about contract years. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm, always renegotiating my contract because I, I'm, I'm a carny. Uh, so solid gold boats will be in my contract rider for the 2023 season. I
2: will demand a solid
0: gold boat. Take me S-G-B. to and from the game. Yes, SGB. That's going to be the name of my fantasy team in the A7FL fantasy in 2023.
2: I got one last question for David. Really important, though. Um, We can't ever forget this. TinyURL.com A7FL. Um, Merch. A seven fo merch. Thank you, Matt. That's why you're better than me at basically. Well, I built the goddamn book. website, so. David, yes, sir. Thick boy season shirt. Hus, hus shirt. Apparition of violence, or I'll try.
1: Hus, hus. This
0: bullshit. This is biased. Fake news. It's That's fake the one
2: I ordered. <laughs> to be to be fair, I ordered that one. It's on yeah. the way. I was gonna I was gonna bother Matt about it, but uh if you're listening at home, tinyurl.com, A7FL merch. You pick your favorite and then you know we'll see when the orders come in who uh who really owns the hashtag wars.
1: And and you know, listen, I think it's really interesting you guys have been doing this because you know, uh back to uh the original when we first started doing merch with the UFC. You know, our first merch with T-shirts, the logos on it. And over the years, we really developed a lot of different merchandising lines. And now it's, of course, a huge business. I think here, you know, you're taking the first, you know, steps to like personalize it like just like the league is. I I think it's really cool. Um, And and so I think it's like, you know, I I think we have a lot of great logos and jerseys, stuff like that. I, I do. But I really like it's just like this is like the personality of the league coming through in the in merchandise and I, I really think that that's important as we think about you know what is authentic what is it about the league that people can relate to uh, and how do we set ourselves apart so, there was I a love-
2: shirt that was going to feature like a cartoonish rob but it it resembled the barber from soul on disney so much that <laughs> it copyright infringement laws so we couldn't go with that so we went with the straight uh, we went with the straight words and I think that's working out for us so far
1: excellent excellent well I think you guys are like appreciate your dedication and you know beyond this uh, podcast but I do appreciate your you know uh, it, it, you know it, it's not easy like uh, creating this stuff you know I mean and I you know I don't have to go out there and have somebody smashing into me either but I think, you know, it, it. all of us, like, go through this. That's why you get all those texts from me. You know, uh, in case you can't tell, I am I mean, I am here in Southern California, which is nice, but I am suffering along with you guys in terms of, like, trying to get, like, the best, you know, how do we explain what we're doing? How do we tell the story with a way that, uh, like, really gets across to fans? And so I, I think, it. you know, it, it takes, you know, pioneers like, you know, you guys – to really get out there and you know lay the groundwork and show people what it is and you know I think the proof is in the pudding I mean I really do I, I think when people see this league the first thing they think is oh my gosh that spring is crazy and like I said the next thing they think is holy but like they see the athleticism and they see the plays and they say holy crap um, I got to watch this and I I think now we're connecting those dots and you know what you guys are doing is really helping pull those pieces together. And, uh, I, I, not just the on the field, but off the field and Matt, you know, people are talking to me about your calls all the time, uh, how they like to hear that. That's that, uh, I, I wouldn't say screaming, but I would definitely say excited, Matt, uh, voice, you know, and how it adds to the fun of the league. And so, uh, it's all of it come, is important. And I think that's what, uh, it's, it's nice to be here with you guys. Appreciate the podcast and uh, appreciate you having me as a guest.
0: Well, we appreciate you, David Isaacs, and hopefully this will be the first time and not the last time you join us here on the 3-on-1 podcast. Uh, You can find David on Twitter by searching David Isaacs, and you can also find him when we retweet this episode. You can find it in the show notes. That's also where you can find out how to become an investor in the A7FL. And if you want to buy a division in the A7FL, if you want to bring it to your hometown, you've heard the commercials throughout the podcast, and you'll also be able to do that in the show notes. And as always, by the March Tiny World tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. Right now on the site, we will be adding Hus Hus Chancletas. That's right, we have Hus Hus Chancletas available right now in our store. And we have the I tr- I'll Try t shirt, hashtag I'll Try, up there in the shop as well. You can also get your Thick Boy Season t shirts. You can get your Hus Hus t shirts and a whole lot more. Please go to tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. It all helps the podcast and keeps Olive in solid gold dog chains. For everyone here at the podcast for Corey Hammond, for Big Rob, Fabian, aka Bachata Bob, and David Isaacs, I'm Matt Ryan reminding you: don't be an asshole. I'll try. Uh-oh. Want to bring the A7FL to your town? Well, you're in luck. Between now and October 1st, we are still taking applications to buy a division in the American Sevens Football League. Join Columbus for our 2023 season now. For more information on it, go to a7fl.com owners. That's a7fl.com owners. Get your piece of the future of
3: football and bring us
1: to your town.